Coming to you from Helping Our Music Evolve in Nashville, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now! And welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of the Quinn Spin. I'm your host, the Quinn. I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and more for another riveting installment of this, the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. You just heard Revel 9's All I've Become. That is our opening theme song. It has been since the great year of 2014. It will be until the end of time. And I'm pre-recording the intro for this episode because me and Mr. Gavin Shea were in the midst of such a great conversation that we just decided to roll it right into the episode without the intro. We thought we were, you know, warming up before we actually started talking and we actually started the show, but... As you'll hear, we just roll into a great conversation, and nothing wrong with that. Might as well let you hear it. Gavin, of course, is one half of Handmade Productions here in Nashville. He is also the brain behind Richard String. He just released, under Richard String, A Love Disconnected, a five-track electro-soul, electro-pop EP, which really goes deep, and we're going to talk about that. We get deep on this episode, not just about the music, but about life itself. And I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm really excited about this. Gavin is such a thoughtful, articulate guest. I feel like I could have him on the show a million times, and we never run out of things to talk about. This is his second time on the show. Can't wait to welcome him back. And I'm just going to take you right to it right now. Even before the pandemic, I was just in workaholic mode for years. Yeah. And then a trip to the desert um, really made me realize all the things that I have not been working on properly. Yep. Uh, and so ever since getting back... Those trips back, will do it for you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever since getting back, like, it's just been just big time, just, like, really, like, getting getting right with myself and, like, you yes. know, focusing on the healing part, you know, from That's good. a lot of stuff that just I never really even thought to heal. Well, you take those trips by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of been your thing. That's what we spoke about last time. Like, yeah. There's nothing like that, like yeah. driving and like even if you're blasting tunes, your brain is blasting a hundred times louder. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you and, know. and this one, like this trip in particular, like I was anxious most of the time. Like I was really? just like, yeah, it was like like couldn't sleep on the sleeping you know, day's was end or something like sleeping, that. Sleeping, no, no, driving. Oh right, driving. I just felt like this sense of existential, like you know, like just anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, just like. There's a there's an artist named Charles Ellsworth who I actually had on the show recently, um, but he on his new album there's a song called "A White Cross on a Highway." Listen to that song; you'll get a sense for where my head was. Right. Um, like that was pretty much the theme song of the trip. Yeah. Essentially, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm doing all this cool shit, and uh, you know, I'm out here and I'm getting to experience things, but with who? Right. You know, being in the middle of Moab, Utah. And I've since started making peace with a lot of this and, like, be more present, but, like, yeah, you know, I'm at the KOA campground by myself, 34 years old, camping in a little pump, pup tent, RV with a family over here, RV with an old couple over there, right. you know, young couple camping next to me. I'm 34 by myself in the middle of the desert. Yeah. How did I get here? And the, right. re- the, the answer to that is I got here by holding up and being a complete workaholic for the past four years. Right. So I had to come back and get right with that. I had to start having tough conversations with people. I just start having them with myself. Oh, you mean in terms of like, you know, I think a lot of like, sounds like you're saying you shifted a little bit from the yes man to a little more no man. Yeah. Which is so healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it puts you in that same, like, 
there's anxiety that comes with it because you're like, oh shit, I'm mm -hmm. not used to being like, oh, I'm gonna go for a bike ride. Oh, this is better or something. You yeah, know, like yeah, whatever yeah. it does that suits you. But yeah, setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, setting boundaries and just being present mm -hmm. and like not not being too hung up on like people pleasing that kind of thing. Yes. You know, immensely satisfying. Once you dig into that groove, you're just like, oh shit. Yeah. And then even the you know solo day trip and thing that you were doing, like. Uh -huh you'll get even more satisfaction from it and be able to reflect on it with more, you know, stability and go like, do I want to come back here alone or would I like to share this with my, people? Yeah. Share yeah. this with, you know? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny you say that because like, as I was ro riding through Utah, Colorado, I like, I, I had it set in my mind. This is the last time I'm doing this by myself. Mm -hmm. I like, once I started getting up into the Rockies, I started getting really anxious because the elevation was messing with me. Mm -hmm. My car was laboring, a little four-cylinder Nissan I have out there, like, yeah. laboring trying to get up the Rockies. I'm like, what if I break down here? I'm by myself. Like, the air yeah. pressure's changing. I'm sensitive to that. Like, honestly, I, I got to the other side of the Eisenhower Tunnel mm -hmm. in Vail, and I was having a panic attack, and I had to pull over. Yeah. And that's where I was like, this is the last time I'm doing this by myself. But I think it was also just because... There was a lot that I just hadn't dealt with that I didn't even realize. Right. I, um, a couple weeks after I got back, I did uh, rapid transformational therapy, which is like a hypnotherapy. Oh, cool. And um, because I knew when I got back, I've got to do something. Because like, Is that a, like a immediate bring to the surface type yeah, of thing? It pulls it out, shows it to you, and says, this is the root. Yeah. And I, like, it was a lot of childhood stuff from school specifically. Sure. You know, that kind of like factored in my self-worth and, you know, I put on such a mask of, well, I'm just going to keep plugging away and, right. you know, trying to achieve, 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 trying to be something, trying to accomplish something so, you know, I can feel accepted, mm -hmm. you know, and now it's so much less of that. Like, it's so yeah. much, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I want these things, but like, there's a bigger picture in my life that I want too. Mm -hmm. And just making peace with the fact that I do want the bigger picture. I don't want to just be this workaholic that just is one dimensional and has nothing. Well, you're else blending going on. the dudes now. Yeah. Like at first it was like when we first met, like your, you know, per per your public persona yeah. was more representative of your like entire ethos. Yeah. And just in five minutes, you're like, the people are separated and now. You're like exploiting each other's strengths rather than having this person do all the legwork. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you think in partitioned brain, but I always think about that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. The person I'm presenting is not the guy that goes and sits on the couch and is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> it. It's like it's it is. <clears throat> I think after 34 years putting it all together, you mm -hmm. know, and it's just like. Yeah, there are, there are things over here that I want. There are things over here that I want. I'm going to remove the the things that are unnecessary. Yes. You know, whether those are ideas, whether those are relationships, whether whatever they are, and I'm going to put them together. Yeah. And that's the way forward. I've done all I can do at this level, you know. Yeah. Now it's 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 another level up season in my life. I really feel that, you know, this summer, I mean, it was definitely a it's it's definitely been a weird couple months. It's it's been a weird year so far. Oh yeah. Because I left corporate America and it's just like go 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 go. Yeah. No meaningful breaks until I took that trip at all. Not one day did yes. I take off, and that I can think of. And you know, I I, I at least worked a little bit every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you don't make room for yourself. Yeah. You don't. And 
you if you don't do that DSP and then you're like, okay, like I can process more at a higher efficiency mm -hmm. than I could with having a billion programs open and yeah. the computer can take the weight, but like it's yeah. not working at it's like yeah. tuned up, you mm -hmm. know, and all when, chips firing. And when you focus so hard on one thing, everything else like is just kind of waiting in the wings mm -hmm. to get you. Yep. And, and when you get, when you step away from the one thing you've been focusing on so hard, everything else is coming through the door. Yes. You're like, what about this? What about that? And like, that's what happened on the road. It takes a second to put up the blinders too. Cause you're like, it's not as easy as, you know, it might seem yeah. in like people like, uh, you know, self-help stuff and people are sharing it. It's like, it's, they're like, here's step one, two, three. And oh, it's yeah. like, all right, it's I such can a put meme. those into action, yeah. but like, it is not like. It, it's a lot more complex than that. Like, mm -hmm. it's such a meme. Like self-help has become such a meme, yeah. you know, like entrepreneur culture. Same thing where it's just like, yeah, okay. It sounds easy, mm -hmm. but like actually putting it into practice and being mindful mm -hmm. of like all of the things at play. Yep. in your life and in your brain and in your history, like those all factor in and you have to manage those and you have to consistently manage those. You don't just like get to a point where you're like, I'm healed. It's yeah. over. It's the same thing as working out. It's the same muscle like mm -hmm. treatment. To yeah. Me. You're yeah. Like you can work really, really hard and get super jacked, but if you don't maintain some like base level of commitment to that lifestyle, you'll just revert back to the other. Yeah. Know, yeah. Puffy puffy person <laughs> yeah. yeah well exactly and you know like when i when i came to nashville like i thought that was healing because it was a fresh start yeah you know that can and, often like mask it where you're like all right i'm doing all the right shit right yeah. right the universe rewarded me for you know taking productive steps in my life but like something in the back of my mind knew like there's still another level of healing that's got to happen here sure and you're gonna get to it at some point and it started to show through the cracks a little bit like around this time last year yeah so what did I do is I just tried to mask it in more work. And I'm like, okay, well, now I'm going to take the leap. Now's the time for me to take the leap. Well, if I don't look at it, it won't move. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like in it, the shadow, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, I moved here to take the leap. So that's what, that's what, that's the feedback I'm getting from myself. Is mm -hmm. Now it's time to do that. That wasn't entirely it. Right. You know, because there was this whole, like, social component. You know, there was this whole, like familial like just finding my what 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 other roles do i have besides being the founder of underground music collective besides yes. being the host of the quinn spin like am i giving enough attention to those roles yes the answer and how did no. the rest of them define me because the one defines you know what we see of you yeah like so much yeah that i think everyone you meet is probably like all right what's up with the you know Mm -hmm. what are the, that's why I found it so fascinating with wrestling. I'm like, nice. We're not even talking about this shit. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, know? yeah, I actually have a personality. Yep. Like who knew? <laughs> well, like, I mean, it, obviously, <laughs> like, but I'm just, you know, in the idea of the masking and kind of putting on yeah. that like mm -hmm. persona, like, yeah, it oftentimes isn't the forefront. That's yeah. what I mean. But obviously, yeah. Have a and, well, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Just, but like, I, I felt so long, like I have to put up that right. mask. Like, I have to just be this and, like, always on and like, yep. just be this person. Em and I just talked about this, too. Uh, are, have we started the show? I feel like we've just kind of started <laughs> know, the show. Right? Like, I'll, I'll do the intro later, I guess. Cool. Let's just keep going. Um, like, I, there is just this feeling of that I've had for so long of, okay, well, this is my role. I have to always be on, and mm -hmm. that's just it. I'm just going to give myself 100% to this. You know, that was... A result of a breakup I had a few years ago where it's just like, all right, well, nobody can take this thing away. This yes. is mine. Here we go. Very productive in the short term becomes an addiction in the long term. Yeah. And you and don't Nashville even realize only it. only helps with that. They're not providing the Narcan and the, you know, 
sedative materials to get you away from that they're like embellishing this program of uh -huh. like you had better be the coolest motherfucker like mm -hmm. outside you know like yeah, whatever yeah. and we're just like and social media amps set up yeah like everything no, all that stuff's so weird i mean mm -hmm. i totally respect the hustle i just think there are other ways to hustle that aren't so consuming yeah I mean, we're consuming. talking like algorithm breaking is like 10 pictures and all this crap and that's just like a a whole thing yeah. Which could be totally satiating for some people, which is mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. But I can't think that it's a sustainable lifestyle. So no. Let's go back to the working out thing. Like, you need to find the middle, you know, middle age way that you can sustain that tempo forever. Right. Instead of, you know, blasting a program and, oh, yeah. And like, yeah. Like, exactly. Like, I'm not trying to squat 350 pounds anymore. Exactly. Like, I have no desire <laughs> yeah. to do that. I'm trying to get up a couple days a week and have a run and whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's important to like to remain active, but it's also like mm -hmm. you have to, you have to balance it out with, you know, how you're feeling, you know, and yep. the other aspects of your life. You can't go so hard in one direction that you ignore everything else. Indeed. You know, so that's, that's kind of where I found myself, but I feel like I'm coming to that next level now you know uh good. which is really good but i mean this is your episode and we're talking we've talked about me for like 15 minutes <laughs> well it's our episode technically <laughs> fair 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 i mean this is technically it's my show so yeah I can exactly do I want. but um gavin shea joining us here on the quinn's bin known Hello. also as richard string uh i love disconnected the new project which we're going to talk about which it's unbelievable just like thanks man yeah just really i think a transformative project for you as an artist as a producer just as a creative person like it really i think digs more into the full capabilities you know and what richard string can be uh we're going to talk about that of course but uh, let's let's catch up on your life and what's been going on uh it's been pretty wild mm -hmm. i think before last time we saw each other i hadn't started building the studio right and all that stuff so mm -hmm. that was just crazy just the craziest craziest adventure with my friend chris who i work with and my mm -hmm. dad and uh, so that just created kind of the entire situation, I guess we'll like dive into as we go. But yeah. like, it's been a fucking difficult road back from that. Yeah. And I almost feel bad for getting so depressed in some ways because a lot of great things came from it. Right. But managing this sort of up in the air, like we were working out of a bedroom the mm. whole time we were doing it. And like, I still think we did good work because, you know, we hold ourselves to a certain, you know, threshold of doing shit. But like, yeah. Probably the least inspiring environment you could be in. Uh -huh. You're trying to like kind of keep the wheels going, and yeah. like, like we were talking about Emma. Like this was before that mm -hmm. when we were working with Emma, but like we were able to spin that into something where we both, you know, Emma and Chris and I took on the workload separately, and we were able to really like navigate that early pandemic stuff. Yeah. But after that, it became like Zoom rights and all this mm -hmm. stuff, which I think everyone, all the writers and all the co-writing people and all this stuff, were super amped with. But yeah. Then it just got like, this is not our best work. Like we can't play the song together in the same. Yeah, you know, there's room. there's no energy really it, to feed off it of. It felt in the weird, same way. but everybody did their best. I mean, everybody that we wrote with and everybody yeah. that was in that world like did, you know, they put their best foot forward. They're like, this is what we got. Yeah, we're not yeah. gonna not work. So, mm -hmm. you know. and that's the thing is like it's nobody's fault. You no. know, like it's this weird, crazy pandemic that none of us had ever experienced mm -hmm. anything like before. You know, and we did what we could, you know, yes. throughout. And hopefully, you know, we're on the other side of it. Uh, this Delta variant doesn't need to be a thing. It can go away anytime it wants. Yes. Um, but hopefully we're on the other end of that, you know. And I think, like, we were talking before the show about how, like, 
this whole time made everyone realize at some point or another, like everything outside of music mm-hmm. that they had going on, that they still needed to address, you know, that yeah. when this city, when this industry is go, 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 you don't really take the time, you know, to take no. stock of those things because you, you feel like you can't, you always feel like you have to be doing. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. whole thing like stalled everyone equally, which was really kind of a, you know, a, I don't know you can't really say blessing but silver lining of this like really fucked up thing mm-hmm. but like even the biggest influencers and the the traveling people and yeah. all this shit like it all stopped yeah so after like two or three months of it it was just people in their sweatpants like mm-hmm. we all became equalized yeah which was really pleasant for me because like no photographers were meeting up with the people to do the thing and nobody uh-huh. was doing this and that so like everybody was showing their like authentic you know down and out to whatever degree they were down and out Mm -hmm. or just totally fine and isolated but it was like this very leveling perspective for me like i had largely checked out of it which you know we can talk about how weird instagram is now (laughs) i'm just like trying to Mm -hmm. i gotta keep it for work but it's yeah it's just weirding me out now yeah Uh, social media in general is weirding me out because i mean as we've seen over the past year plus you know it's i don't i just don't feel like societally our relationship with it is healthy right now. No. You know, we lean on it so much. It's made us, Em and I were talking about this on the previous episode. Like it's made us so much quicker to judge and write people off entirely. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the true way to really find understanding, which a lot of us haven't had the chance to do is to go outside of our houses and have conversations yes. and meet people and, you know, get the nuance of like actual human interaction mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to go into a comment section. It's so easy to see the highlight reel and compare and have the FOMO thing going on, but also yes. to judge, you know, like, yeah. you know, judging somebody for posting something that maybe you wouldn't, you know, yeah. judging somebody for having an opinion or a belief that you wouldn't, yes. you know, it's we, we need a much healthier understanding of each other in society. And I think right now in this digital age that really starts with having a healthier relationship with these platforms. For sure. And there's resentments that are on the other side of that where like, you know, you resent someone for posting something you wish you would have posted or something like that, or them like being so comfortable representing this idea or whatever. It comes into that vulnerability post that I made the other day, which felt really good. And Mm -hmm. I can understand why people do that. Yeah. But it was also like, all right, fucking, I don't know you people. Like, mm-hmm. I felt good to do it, and it yeah. provided context to the tunes that I made, but, like, it's yeah. still extremely uncomfortable in that way because I would just as soon talk to the two people I see in person and yeah. I look at them and have a concrete, yeah, you know, set of uh, back and forth, you know, and feedback that I can trust instead of just floating it into the ether and being like, yeah, Right, I'm feeling too like we all are, you know. But but I feel like there's something to be said for that too because like sure. we need to have more of those yes. open mm-hmm. conversations. Like people need to understand that like we're all going through something. And mm-hmm. that's why like I've felt it particularly not only helpful for me but, you know, in my own small way like important to open up because like for so long I put forth this persona of everything's fine and I'm hustling and I'm crushing it and yeah. I'm a Gary V clone and whatever. But it's like, really, there's a lot more going on here. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody like you or I, you know, who seems to be killing it out there, you know, is dealing with like a deep internal struggle, I think it's helpful for people to know not only in our industry, but just in general. Yes. Right? And it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah, but it regulates and normalizes the idea that we don't have to wear this 
you know, mask and this whole get up and do all this stuff. Because like I said, with everybody regulating down to this like base level, now I think a lot of people are growing the roots back up in the right ways Mm -hmm. and sort of saying that it's bullshit to kind of interact in some of the ways we were before all this went down, social media wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think people are embracing the opportunity to like Emma and I were just like, yeah, it's good to see you. (laughs) Yeah. Or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so much more than any times I could like her stuff or she could like mine. Just that moment of just seeing her or seeing you earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It just means it just resonates more. Yeah. And it makes so much of a difference because we all had it taken away. Mm-hmm. We're like, what? Yeah. yeah. This I, is impossible. You yeah. Know? Like, we had never lived through a pandemic before, <laughs> any of us. just bizarre. You know, and we're still, you know, in a lot of ways living through it and, yes. you know, adjust, readjusting and reacclimating to the world. You know, I think it's important, you know, if we've been using our digital platforms or social media platforms intentionally to maintain a sense of community with people, then it only enhances that in-person experience, yes. right? But where I think we get caught is honestly, you know, in a lot of the fighting, a lot of the bickering, a lot of the silent judgment and that happens in the scroll mm-hmm. without taking the opportunity to really understand why, you know, this person or that person might feel the way they do, you, yes. you know? And I think, I mean, the, the, the mainstream media certainly doesn't help with that either. They just well, the fan platform- you know, generators and the creators of these like new ways they're using the platform, they don't help either as well. Right. Mm-hmm. It's creating a situation where it's like advertising based, you know, it's mm-hmm. product placement based. Yeah. And less of the concrete interaction between my first original homies on there. Like, I don't even see those guys. Yeah. Like in the feed anymore. It's right. just people who I'm in an immediate circle or mm-hmm. what did I say? I said something. Anyways, it ended up on my feed. I forget what I said, but I said something recently. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, as far as, you know, people just kind of pushing content rather Mm -hmm. than, or companies just pushing content rather than the true, like, slice of life interactions that you have. You know, and I think it's faced a lot of people out that, you know, would otherwise enjoy those interactions. You know, I mean, we, you know, by nature of what we do, have to be on social media. We don't really have a choice. Yeah. Right. But, like, if I wasn't in this business, if I wasn't in this industry, I don't know that I'd really be checking in on there that much. I don't think so either. You know, I certainly wouldn't be posting as much as I do. And we could do things that will help us feel better personally, but they're not going to necessarily help the goal of being the musician guy. Like, I didn't do a pre-save. I didn't mm-hmm. do six weeks out. I released it to release the day after I put it up. Yeah. And it took about a week, and as soon as it cleared, I, like, said, there it is. But yeah extremely satiating for me yeah but like absolutely shooting myself in the foot right it's what i needed to do to serve the way that i felt about it Mm -hmm. you know and now it's like being well received but it did not have the whole hoopla that like a lot of people participate in which isn't a bad thing right i mean that's due diligence which Mm -hmm. is the smartest way you can do it but yeah so i mean about that putting yourself first Mm -hmm. you know providing yourself the comfort to do the things that you need to do in the way that you need to do them Mm -hmm. and then how much of the you know things of yesteryear and the right methods and all this shit, can you like fold back into the way that makes you comfortable with the idea in the first place? Right. Right. That's just been something I've been grappling with and, you know, yeah. Eventually just said whatever, but yeah, I think the way you did it though, whether intentional or unintentional also like it lets the work speak for itself too, which I mean, you can tell just by listening through a love disconnected, which is the name of the EP that there was there was a lot going on in your life throughout this process and you know and even you know in the lead up to releasing this like you know there's just this sense of just raw honesty you know that you just hit on 
with you know, just looking at the state of the world and the times that we're living through here. Like you just, you hear it come through in the lyrics, you hear like the, these tense soundscapes, you know, this just this re- the really intense nature of this record, yeah. right? Even if it's, even in it's more like subdued and sullen moments, like there is still this undertone of tension that I just, as a listener, couldn't ignore here. They were tense times. Still yeah. are. More yeah. tense perhaps now than they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That was the first thing. As soon as we finished the studio, that was a huge, huge, huge weight off. And like, it was just the other side of the mountain. It was like we had thrown the ring into the, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And I had to say no to work. I was just like, I need to make some shit. Chris had to do the same thing. We yeah. had to like reclaim our individuality because we've been working together for so long. Mm-hmm. So he's got his own EP that he can do whatever he wants with. He's stoked on it. Yeah, I made these by myself, which I hadn't made music alone, like from top to bottom, except for Adam mastered it, Adam Grover. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just, I had to do it. Yeah. And I had to force myself to do it because I wasn't used to sitting in there. Plus, I was still on drugs and like just all fucked up. But yeah. like, um, I had to sit in there and all I wanted to do is run back inside and be mm-hmm. on the couch and like be over it. And like, it was kind of like intimidating because I didn't have to do that. I had all yeah. my stuff set up. I was mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just remember this one time where I was like, just sit down and set up the microphones and go play piano. Mm-hmm. I must play piano for like six hours. Yeah just over the same song that I was like trying to figure out mm-hmm. and like pushing through those moments of doubts was like just game changing in the way that I had been treating my shit previously, you know? Yeah. So. Sitting through the discomfort of it all. Yeah. You know, and making yourself do it because like mm-hmm. when you're going through a rough patch, a depressive episode, yeah. what you know, like anxiety through the roof, right? Like, you really do sometimes have to be like, no, sit there and do yeah. it. You know, like you have to make yourself or it's just, you're just going to kind of sit there and, and further drift, mm-hmm. right? You know, having gone through that, it's like, having gone through that fairly recently, honestly, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, you know that the only way out is through, but it's also the hardest thing to just deal with in that yeah. moment. And you can't beat yourself up. Like I definitely went inside numerous mm-hmm. times as I got into this pattern of like working alone and, yeah. you know, digging into what that might look like. Mm-hmm. So I definitely went inside plenty of times and, you know, like relaxed, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. like eventually it took me. And then this whole time I thought I was thinking, you know, this, I thought this whole thing was about like music. I mm-hmm. knew that my life was in it, but I was, I don't know, basically in denial. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it was not about that. Right. <laughs> like it is kind of like, yeah. Most of the stuff's rooted in the way that I don't like the music industry and the way that I'm trying to get reattached to my own art and the mm-hmm. way that I like to express myself. Yeah. But then, I don't know, I've been thinking before I came on, like, how to phrase it. Well, I, it's cathartic. Yeah, well. It, it's more cathartic than you even realize it's going to be. Well, I was predicting my own future, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like, I put in that post that my relationships had been stressed mm-hmm. by this situation and the way that I had put myself in a situation that was, like, sort of neglectful of not only myself but pretty much everything as we were building this thing Mm because i was just we were just extremely crazy yeah Um, yeah you kind of you kind of go in and build this thing as a crutch mm -hmm. you know like and that's something that i've recently come to terms with in my own life is like yes i love what i do yes i believe in this platform yeah but it's also been the thing that's helped me hide from everything else in my life and just not deal with it like I can't, I can't even tell you how many times over the past four years 
that I've told people, well, I don't have time to have a life. I don't have time to date. Oh yeah. I'll get back up and see my family eventually. You know, like, I don't know when I'm going up there. Like I don't have time to socialize. I don't have time to go. Like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to do anything but this. And there's always time. There's always room. And you need that separation from the thing once in a while for your own sanity, but also for your to fill the other roles in the world that we all play totally. right? for your relationships, for to, to be a complete person. Yeah. You we, can't just stay in the weeds. Like we were sort of speaking about this. I think the last time we hung out mm-hmm. about how, you know, it was almost like we were like kind of having a premonition about what we might be getting into by this point. But Man, I like, got to go back and listen to that episode now. Yeah. It's like, like heavy yeah. and shit, but like we, we were talking about how, you know, pushing for three months on something or pushing for six mm-hmm. months, like you need to give yourself like a relative span of time to step away from that right. afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, then you never give yourself that break to go see family or like yeah. that stopping, you know, that stop mm-hmm. gap or whatever to like yeah. get away from it. Cause it's not, it's not an inherently bad thing to work that hard mm-hmm. or be that committed to something for a block period of time. Right. It's the on-off switch that everybody's toggle switch has yeah. got a little warped. Mm-hmm. So yeah. having the discipline to go, all right, I just pushed it really hard. Like I'm gonna go sit in wherever I want to be, you mm-hmm. know, or do nothing, or right, right. You know, gonna... I think it would be best to do it in a positive way. But even just doing nothing is not the worst thing ever. You right, know? right. It, g- it gives you time it. to catch up with yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take that time, like there was a period from the start of the year till I left for that trip, which I think I said, where I just did not stop. I played flag football in the winter. Few hours on a Sunday. Then I guess what I'm doing when I get home. I'm working. I'm editing the next episode of the show. I'm getting the post ready for tomorrow. I'm whatever I'm doing. You know, I'm getting the live stream stuff set for the week. Like, there was no break. There was no separation. And no matter how much you love something, you need that. If you're listening to me speak right now, there's a good chance that you're a musician, a content creator, some kind of entrepreneur. Whatever the case, that means that you're a business owner and all business owners need to have a system for managing their finances. And I will be the first to tell you that this was absolutely terrifying to me at first. And that was until I spoke with Dan Bobick of MoneyWorks Financial Coaching. MoneyWorks Financial Coaching helps early to mid-career singles and couples organize their finances. Dan works individually with clients, like you and me, to build a personalized system for effectively managing their finances so that they can live and give with joy and confidence. After I consulted with Dan, I can tell you I was no longer terrified by the money conversation. Dan's approach and demeanor gave me the peace of mind and reassurance I needed to feel like I was in control of my finances and that they were on the right track. My relationship with money has improved exponentially and I now move forward with more confidence in my business and my life. You can schedule a free consultation by going to moneyworkscoaching.com. I guarantee you'll gain confidence and perspective on your finances and when you do, you can use my coupon code. It is UMC5 at checkout for a 5% discount on MoneyWorks Financial Coaching Services. Again, that is UMC5. Head to MoneyWorksCoaching.com. Dude, 
Did you end up getting a little squad of people that are helping now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got we've got a good little squad. Uh, It's growing. Um, You know, Michelle Stone and Jenna Rose are hosting fun and games. Which Michelle, that's her project. You know, like I don't have to really do anything with that other than show up and you know just. I guess quality control, for lack of a better term. Really, I'm just kind of hanging out. Still an expansion of the general program, which must be really nice to like. Yeah have a trustworthy way to expand on it while you don't have to expend a bunch of resources, you know, per- yeah. mental resources. I mean, yeah, with the live from the 615 stuff, I mean, we started that as a live Good. stream thing. Um, now we're doing a lot of event promotion, you know, we're still doing production services. Is too. that here? Uh, started here and now we're doing shows places like East room five spot, working oh, on cool, some others, cool. um, which as of airing, I don't know if I can say where yet because we haven't announced those shows as right, right. <laughs> but um case and pratt um you know it was when we were just doing live streams it, you know when we when when we do productions he's he's a world-class live audio engineer he he's excellent and you know he's probably gonna hate me for saying that but it's the truth case and you're amazing at what you do <laughs> uh and i would handle the video and like a lot of the admin stuff now we're like you know it's it's we're pivoting you know to this world where events are back you know and right. hopefully no delta variant comes in and fuck that up but um you know so like but he like he's been somebody i've just leaned on a lot you know as i've sorted through my own stuff you know and it's like it's good to have that because i can tell you when i was in pennsylvania and i was really it i was the one-man show up there running lehigh valley underground i didn't have those people to bounce off of and just be like Okay, I'm freaking out about this work-related thing, but really, it's not really a work-related thing. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger issue that's affecting it. Right. Like, It's making me like doubt or stress these items that wouldn't normally get stress. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And just having a community of people within the UMC um, ecosystem here at home to just talk through things with mm-hmm. instead of being alone in my apartment all the time hacking away like i was in pennsylvania it's the difference between honestly me continuing and giving up i'm gonna yeah. be completely honest because like it was starting to feel like that again you know like 2018 before i moved here where it was just like i don't know what to do like i feel completely isolated in this own in this thing i created you know but having that community because I told myself if I ever got to that point again, I was done. Yeah, it's the breeding ground for even more cynicism that gets you there in the first place. Yeah. So, like, when you're just tooling it around by yourself, it's just like, yeah. oh, God. But yeah, ha- I can't. But <laughs> having this community of people right. to, like, just bounce things off of and set me straight, like, it's the saving grace of the whole thing right now. Good, you know? man. You deserve it. Thanks, man. It's... And it takes like, it's like you simultaneously earn it and deserve it by doing nothing. Like you can do nothing and you'll always deserve it, but yeah. it takes that little bit of extra to like kind of earn it. Yeah. And then you become more aware that you deserve it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it just begets more of it, I think, you know. Yeah. And I think too, like being able to take that step out, like the whole month of June was kind of a step back for me. Like I just kind of like, I did what I needed to do for the events and whatever, but like content, I'm still not really pumping out right now like mm-hmm. I was because it's just, well, I mean, there are just events and client projects that take precedence right now. Number one, assembling a team of contributors, but also it's just like, I know I can't just go right back into the weeds like that, you know? Yeah. And like June was that step back of like, okay, I needed this. And now I feel like I'm really coming back around to it as of July, as of recording, where it's just like, 
all right, like I'm going to do this smarter from now on and I'm going to lean on the people and I'm going to appreciate what I've actually built here because it's it's significant, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't always feel like what you're doing is significant. You don't always feel like you're having an impact. I Brother, preach. Brother. Like <laughs> I know there are a number of episodes of this very show, even earlier this year, where I've compared myself to a monkey at a typewriter. Sure. You know, where like you don't realize, like you never look up from it long enough to see like, oh, wow, this is a thing. It has legs. Yeah, like, people you can't care. watch your own show. Yeah. You know, you know, and meanwhile, like you you get overwhelmed and bogged down by the emails and the submissions, but those are coming to you for a reason Mm -hmm. and they're coming to you because people are seeing what you're doing and to them, it looks great. It looks like the next big thing. Yes. I have a hard time believing that. Yeah. Because I'm the one I've, I've seen where it's been, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I've seen all the, uh, you know, where they make the sausage, you know, as far as like all the things that even just to get to this point of mild relevance, I've had to go through. Yeah. And, but now I'm like, instead, you know, after that RTT session, instead of like, oh man, I've been through so much. It's like, I've been through so much. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I've been through that, I can do anything. You know, I can take this as far as like I'm back to that again. You it's know? quite literally true. It's still you're still going to have that metric to figure out what how much time and the safest way to do it, the most healthy way to do yeah. it. Yeah. But that goes back to what we were saying. Like you push really hard, you level up four or five times, you know, mm-hmm. whatever big, you know, experience points or whatever. Yeah. And then you take a break and you're able to approach it the next time with like maybe not your perfect version of it. Mm hmm. But you approach it with a little more respect for yourself and mm-hmm. a little more respect for it in turn. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it's again, you can't like knock that hustle as long as you're giving yourself ample time mm-hmm. to reset the way that you're approaching it each time because yeah. you're going to learn so much shit yeah. by those pushes. And you mm-hmm. won't even notice if you don't take a road trip or yeah. just check out of life for a while yeah. or whatever. So. And you can't self-admonish for not being perfect or not being where you want to be. That mm-hmm. will drive you nuts. And that was something that, you know. It hit me in Utah when I'm in the middle of the desert, right? And it's just like, I want all of these things right now in my life. All of them. Why don't I have them? It just uh, coming at it from such a sense of lack. I feel you. Like, I want a family one day. It's a very important thing to me. I I've, I will be the best dad ever. I, mm-hmm. I know it. It's in my bones. Um, and I've had plenty of practices as an uncle to know that. But it's just like, all right, am I at a position in my life where that's really viable? Probably not because I'm still building this thing and I want to be able to be present enough. So now it's doing the work on myself, which then transmutes to the work on the thing to create that sense of presence in my life. Mm -hmm. So I can give more of myself, you know, not pour from the empty cup. Yeah, for sure. And it all circles back around. It's like a... They call it like the old uh, water wheels. Like it's mm-hmm. all feeding. It's like refeeding itself yeah. and the community and mm-hmm. refeeding your like internal. You know. Yeah. It's a pretty. That's a pretty stretching analogy. But no, like, no, I see know, it. I see it. Yeah. Like it's cycling the same stuff back in through the community, sharing mm-hmm. with everyone, and then back into the river. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. And it, and it goes in cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna have boom periods and bust periods. You know, where things feel great and things feel brand new and refreshed again. And then there are going to be periods that really drag and make you question everything, kind of make you question, how am I doing things? Do I still want to do things the way I am? Do I still want to do these things at all? And it's a healthy thing to go through. And I think, like, we can't judge ourselves for that because then it becomes unhealthy, right? Mm. Like, where you're judging yourself for, I'm supposed to want this all the time. And I'm supposed to – nobody wants anything all the time. Yeah. You know, and that's a very real conversation that entrepreneur cu- culture just like ignores completely, you know, and all this hustle and crushing, mm-hmm. get up at 4 a.m. and work out five times before noon. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm giving the middle finger yeah. right now to that entire I'm thing. I'm doing my best. Like, you know, like, and our best, you know, I, I've seen memes lately, like, our best is different every single day. Mm-hmm. It's funny that, I, you know, like, I'm referring to memes a lot on these episodes, but it's, it's just so true. I mean, the yeah. culture is driven by it now. There's so much relative information that lives yeah. in them mm-hmm. more than a blog or a long, you know, like, sometimes the simplest messages can hit so hard Yeah. in a couple of funny Lord of the Rings meme. I've been hot for Lord of the Rings memes lately, yeah. so there's a lot of like <laughs> <laughs> it's like really solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll been... tell these like larger meta things mm-hmm. through you know the eyes of your favorite, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. dorkiest characters ever. So. I've been a big into King of the Hill memes lately. See, that, that is like, I mean, that might be the smartest show perhaps he's ever done. Definitely, absolutely. And like, it doesn't a, get the credit. A massive it contender for like, you know, I'm a Simpsons guy. We've spoken about this, yeah. but good lord. King of the Hill, like, as a kid, I didn't get it. Now I really get it. Yes. You know? Like, these are just average people going through average people things in such a mm-hmm. subtle way that it it almost feels stupid. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? But it is so, like, sneaky smart, that show. It's the setting, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the demographic that they're in and the things they're having to navigate because of the way that that family is. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, you know, it's obviously a little before the times of where it was a little more sensitive to do yeah. that stuff, but mm-hmm. they navigated it in such a good way mm-hmm. because it's all family oriented. There's always lessons in those older shows, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're learning something like pretty heavy by the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While yeah. never really stepping on like, you know, social buttons necessarily. Right, they did right. it in such a fancy way. Yeah. And a lot of that I think centers around Hank because he mm-hmm. is by all measures a very reasonable man. Yeah. He's also yeah. aloof to like the outside yeah. growth around him so he's yeah. like he doesn't process it but would never treat anyone disrespectfully so he's exactly like he kind of doesn't even understand that it's changing sometimes you know yeah that kind of gets left up to some of the other characters mm-hmm. like their reactions to it and he's always kind of the center like yeah the, you know like the just the the steady like he processes things you mm-hmm. know and he kind of takes them in for himself he might not even understand it but it's at least like okay this is what it is and i accept that and someone will come in and tell him what it means like mm-hmm. you'll see it on his face like the way that they would do those like they often do the scenes where it's like from his back like mm-hmm. he's looking out a window and then one of the characters will walk up and be like you know it's not so weird that you feel like they'll use him as a vessel to yeah. explain it to everyone mm-hmm. because this guy's sort of like John Everyman, like he gets it, but he's not in touch with the larger situation or something. He's just in his household and at the propane shop. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Classic, mm-hmm. man. That's great. Yeah. It's kind of like he he can't help what he doesn't know. Exactly. But he's not necessarily closed off to what he doesn't no. know. And that's what I think makes it a smart show. That's really, what I think yeah. makes it hold up very well. As opposed to some entertainment from, you know, when we were, say, college age. Yeah. Like pretty much any of the uh, any of the comedies that were popular when we were in high school and college like try watching those back now yeah good luck good luck finding something that like you know like there's always something in i guess what i'm trying to say is there's always something in one of those movies that would absolutely prevent the movie from being made oh for sure like i'm glad we were around for those moments you're Mm -hmm. you're talking about the stepbrothers and stuff like that yeah wedding crashers which are always going to have like a special place for like my lineage Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I couldn't think of a lot, but all that, all those like slew of movies. Yeah. Where you're like forty year old virgin is my favorite movie of all time. Oh yeah. And but like if that movie were made today, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it would. Uh, it would have a different uh, yeah lineup. I think of mm-hmm. uh, 
cast variety and all that stuff too, which would probably just change the story immensely. Yeah, the humor would be would, mm-hmm. would be different. And safer. Everything. Yeah, definitely safer. You know. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. You can't equate. You can't try to bring that. I mean, we, we can conversationally, but like you can't like bring that story into this and try to make it. It would just be like they'll just reboot it at some point. And we'll see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty much because it just like wouldn't fly. That that's level. the answer to everything. And I hear there there have been rumblings of a King of the Hill reboot. Oh, that'd be where fun. everybody's like fifteen years older and dealing with more modern issues. So like Bobby would be an adult. Cotton would still be dead because he died in season oh, twelve. Wow! Uh, but like, uh, yeah, and I guess fascinating. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, like it could work. I'd love to see it because mm-hmm. I think that's the one show that would really have a chance to age well. Yes, you know, like and be relevant. They never jumped the shark with how deep they got with stuff. They always presented in a super accessible way. So yeah. It was never like uh, too big for its britches. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It was always, it was always tempered. Mm. You know, which again, as a kid, like you didn't want tempered as a kid. I hated King of the Hill till I was like in my mid twenties, and I'm like, yes. Wait a second. I love King of the Hill. I actually watched King of the Hill drunk one day. Actually, I was thirty because I was at my brother's, and <laughs> we had what? Do you know the show The Ranch? Mm, I don't think so. So it was um, Ashton Kutcher and whoever played uh, Danny Masterson before he had his issues (laughs) and like it was like these brothers and their dad out in wyoming and there was a laugh track that played every other line like it was excessive laugh tracking and so i made a game of it i'm gonna drink every time there's a laugh track i had a six pack of line and google summer shandy by the end of two episodes i had done a power hour yeah and everything tasted and smelled like lemon pledge but then we watched king of the hill i'm like i didn't watch king of the hill in years i'm like i actually love king of the hill yeah, I like that's the thing. You come back to certain things when you get older, and you're like, you hated it, and you could have sworn you'd never ever like it, and then you like, wow, this is actually like, I love this now. I talk like Hank Hill all the it's time. It's a pacing thing too. Yeah, like it wasn't joke after bit after thing, and it mm-hmm. wasn't as stupid as Simpsons. It certainly wasn't as controversial as South Park and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to wait, yeah, like until the end of the commercial break to get like a or before the commercial break to get like that joke payoff or like mm-hmm. that funny bit because it was like a family show. It wasn't all jokes. Yeah. It was just all humorous the way they did it. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. crazy. It would like, be weird to see a reboot of that, but I think it'd be good. In contrast to that, like Family Guy. Love Family Guy in college. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like, this This show it. tries too freaking hard. I also smoked, I smoked a lot more pot then, so <laughs> which is like a lot easier. <laughs> I, I just feel like it tries too hard to like be edgy, you know? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of where I feel like Family Guy went after a while. It's just like, okay. It's groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, we're trying to be South Park here. How do we be South Park better than South Park? Never be South Park. Exactly. South Park like, South Park's like Eminem. It'll never be canceled. Because yeah. people just know what to expect going in, mm-hmm. you know, just like with Eminem, like, you know, like his lyrics are going to be completely not acceptable for our current 21st century culture, but it's Eminem and he hasn't been stopped yet. You know, I was what I mean? just talking about Marshall Mathers LP and just like how amazing those early songs were. Mm-hmm. Cause he was just off the leash, yeah. like just saying whatever, but he was telling these really funny stories. Mm-hmm. He like hadn't been, he hadn't been hurt yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he had, but mm-hmm. like the industry hadn't tried to kick his balls and stuff yet. So like he was just having a blast. Yeah. And then the later, I forget what the third, fourth record was where he was just like, all right, fuck all you guys. And started being like way more of a dickhead mm-hmm. than he mm-hmm. was being silly and having fun with, you know, was that curtain call maybe? I don't know. I guess so. With, yeah. with the red, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's when he turned into like a, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a 
stiff or whatever like just a mm. aggro dude you yeah know? just yeah leaving that leaving the aggression on the table but you know? i never meant to give you mushrooms girl and like all these like <laughs> hilarious songs you yeah know? Mm. yeah 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 he definitely took that more serious turnaround curtain call yeah and then like he stepped away for a few years there too you know mm. with that after that record there was that one song when i'm gone you know like how could it be that the curtain's closing on me and like you saw him kind of growing up in that song and the video for it was really powerful yeah it had everything to do with his daughter hasn't he done an album recently yeah yeah he i mean he's been releasing stuff pretty regularly you know and like as far as as far as his chops i mean he's every bit as good if not better than he's ever been yeah you know and like i feel like kids today don't appreciate the man's talent you know because like i've talked to you know some younger musicians here in town who are like fresh out of college eminem sucks man it's all about Lil peep i'm like do you know what rap is Lil peep i'm sorry like yeah like Eminem can wrap circles around anybody. Yeah. Like the it, storytelling is the element that's lost in rap these days. Yeah. Yeah. Like Eminem even did a song with Logic, who I I respect as an artist and as you know definitely as you know somebody who has a lot of skill on the microphone. Uh, the song Homicide. And Logic's good on that song. Eminem comes through and just blows him out of the water. Like you saw the gap, but you know, and it's an it was an experience thing. You know, Eminem's been at it for what twenty five years now, but it's just like. The man, the man's once in a generation in terms of his talent, his his lyrical ability, the way he ties ever, you know, these ideas together. You know, do you listen to uh, Tyler the Creator? No, it's pretty cool, man. He's a strange fellow, mm-hmm. but like this new one that he put out is totally a hip hop oriented thing. It's almost like Wu Tang, uh-huh. like you know, extra sampley and looped, like mm. repetitive loops and stuff. Like boom bap kind of yeah. pretty, like it's. It was pretty inspiring. Well, actually, he's inspiring to me because he just changes all the time. Mm-hmm. He'll write a song that has doesn't even come back to itself, which is sort of like the early iterations of that Radiohead album that everyone hated that mm-hmm. I thought was so fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, King of Limbs, mm-hmm. which he talks about like attention spans and the whole thing is just this these big ramping, you know, arrangements and shit. Yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of people got into that where they're like, it doesn't have to go back to the core, which I was kind of dealing with on this is mm-hmm. like. They all sound like songs. Like I could play them all mm-hmm. like a pretty song or something. But mm-hmm. I made a choice to do that that I sort of didn't want to at first because I was like, man, well, all these other guys are just like switching into a completely different thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Every 16 bars. And it was like, I'm not quite ready to do that for no reason. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like some of them are just like, fuck it, you know, switch uh-huh. the vibe. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. Like these more modern artists are doing that. That new Childish Gambino record that came out mm-hmm. in March, mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. under the radar. Everyone was all locked down. That's one yeah. of my favorite things he's ever done. It's so weird. It's like Nine Inch Nails and childish can be like it's like weird industrial or something but yeah beautiful album it takes a lot of courage to go in a different direction than your fan base mm-hmm. is uh accustomed to you know um our lady peace uh, which i don't know if i mentioned this on my on the previous episode but they're my favorite band ever yeah none of their albums have sounded the same as the one before it that's the best they started like post grunge with navid and clumsy was a little more radio ready than that album still and then they started getting weirder it was, and then spiritual machines was a concept record and then they went straight pop rock for a couple you know and slowly kind of delved even more into like this folkish kind of ambiance a little bit you know over the course of their career and now they just came out with this song stop making stupid people famous which is coming up on spiritual machines 2 that they're going to be releasing which is an updated version of it was a concept album based on the um 
predictions of Ray Kurzweil in his book, The Age of Spiritual Machines. Yeah. And now, like, they brought in Ray to do, like, a whole bunch of, like, updated predictions and that kind of thing. Like, he's oh, a that's futurist cool. like author. like a voiceover on it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. they're on, on the original Spiritual Machines, and I'm, I think it's going to be the same on Spiritual Machines, too. Like, there are voiceovers from Ray Kurzweil reading excerpts from the book and, like, leading into, like, the next song and kind of how it ties into the concept. It's really well done. But this new song is kind of like this, like, funk pop rock thing. Rain Maiden, in the music video, does a little two-step thing, which I never thought I'd see that man dance in my life. And he does. Like, Times they are changing. He's always been this, like, brooding kind of, like, uh poet like post grunge poet almost and he's like doing this like two-step thing there's all sorts of like it's just a really fun vibe and it's like this is going to be a fun era for this band and like iris they're my favorite band because they have not stayed in the same place well you just said fun era for this band which Mm -hmm. means they've like navigated their way through while still you know meeting their own needs Mm -hmm. and making it fun for them and somehow reinventing it for the fan exactly and like keeping them on their toes too so that was just fascinating that you said that you're like it's gonna be a crazy era for this band i'm like holy shit it's been like 30 years yeah at least right almost 94 94 is the first one yeah navi came out i believe 94 95 oh wow but it is almost 30 years yeah yeah you know and they're still i mean they're still doing it they're touring i mean they're still headlining festivals in canada not as big down here but you know that's because americans have bad taste Uh, (laughs) and well i mean that's more reason for you to take a deliberate trip up over the border and go check it out and that's a bucket list thing i want to go see them at a festival in canada somersault in particular in edmonton uh it's beautiful there yeah i want to go because that's the one uh they just headlined that they brought it back in 2019 after a while of not doing it and yeah like there's a live video out on youtube of the full performance is like i need to be there at some point you should go to that uh North by Northeast one that they do in Toronto. It might be Montreal. I think it's Toronto. Mm-hmm. But that's really cool because it's like this anti-South mm-hmm. by Southwest thing. But yeah. it has what I consider like so much more diversity in mm-hmm. it. And there's just like most of it's outdoors. Yeah. And uh, I just wondered if they'd be there. Like I don't know how big it gets or how indie it stays or what it right. is. But like yeah. I saw it randomly when I was there working one time. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <smart>. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. And you're kind of capitalizing on the branding of South by Southwest, too, yes. which, which is very smart. Without the copyright infringement. Exactly. You know, to, <laughs> towing that line. Towing that line, yeah. Yeah, if there's a big festival in Canada, there's a good chance they're on it or headlining it. Sure. Like, you know, they're essentially the Foo Fighters up there, you know. Here, you know, they'll sell out an exit inside room, you know. Mm-hmm. Our Irving Plaza in New York, you know, but like... You know, Canada, That I mean, that's where they're from. That's their place, you know, so that's where they're the biggest, I would say. But I do want to talk a little bit more, of course, about A Love Disconnected here because, again, this is just a fantastic volume of songs. And, like, you did switch things up here. But like Our Lady Peace, another thing I appreciate about them and appreciate about you is you just kind of – there's just this common thread of you throughout. Like, there's just this really – I overuse the word authentic, but like you can just tell that this just came from this just came from the soul, you know, yeah. and like a lot of these are moments that you say are were ended up being predictive. Yeah. You know, highly so, predictive. So, I mean, however far you want to go into some of those moments and what they've come to mean to you. Well, I mean. It didn't take, I wrote it from February, probably February when we finished the studio. I guess I can give like a little background on the mm-hmm. studio. Like 
it was extremely difficult to have my parents in the condition that they're in. My dad has, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with uh, cancer and yeah. he's down in between these treatments and mm-hmm. stuff. And so it was just nerve wracking, but it created not in a negative way, but a tremendous sense of pressure to get in and fucking make something that like meant something yeah. heavy to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's moments of that energy in the lyric too. But like, honestly, like <laughs> my personal relationship just like was extremely taxed by the process. Mm-hmm. I was on a completely different schedule. I was getting like, you know, before the trailer would be packed up, I would be like, having a you know xanax and a drink and just by the time i was done packing the trailer and the sun was down i was like sleeping by the time Mm -hmm. you know my wife would get home and stuff so it did not bode well Mm -hmm. and i got you know out of shape and all this crap and but i was just committed to doing this thing and i thought i was making some like statement on music industry Mm -hmm. stuff and the way that i like music and i'm like nah you were you were talking about how fucked up everything (laughs) like yeah and then i uh instantly I made that post and Mm -hmm. was getting ready to release a record. I was going to do all this stuff and do the six week thing. And Mm -hmm. then things got so much shittier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically, I'm kind of dealing with the separation. Uh Yeah. So uh, I had to get it out of my way. Mm -hmm. I couldn't take it anymore. It changed meanings to me. Mm -hmm. I was second guessing what it was, you know, none of it's clean. Like I would do something that I'm hired to do. Like Mm -hmm. there's flat moments, there's out of time moments. Mm -hmm. And it took about six weeks from the time I finished writing it. By that time I was all like off drugs because I did that as a, you know, controlled burn. Uh I knew exactly what I was doing. Yeah. I was trying to pass the time and Mm -hmm. sleep as long as I could. Uh My dad would return and we would keep cranking and then he would leave and I'd just be like fucking freaking out. Mm -hmm. My fucking mom got diagnosed with cancer, like right in the same, like, it's just my fucking brother's dog. It's just been a heavy, like, (laughs) I'm going to have it. Like I have this, my dad has this really weird one. That's like a, a super specific cancer that I have the gene for. So it's like definitely going to happen to me mm-hmm. by science, you know? Yeah. So I've had a lot of mortality shit going on, which I'm spiritually, I'm good with, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not like, mm-hmm. it, it, <laughs> it makes you, you know? yeah, like, I mean, it makes you feel like time changes. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you feel like it's precious and you got to put out your best right now, yeah. you know, having as a survivor, um, right. I, I you know, I, uh, I constantly feel that, you know, mm-hmm. there's a line in the 21 pilots song, heavy, dirty soul death inspires me like a dog inspires a rabbit. Yes. That's how I feel about it. Like I'm going to outrun this shit for as long as I can. Yep. And I'm going to just keep go, 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 go. And that song, like the frenetic pace of that song is like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Mm-hmm. And it's, and then it slows down in that moment where you kind of realize your own mortality. And it's like, can you save my head? And it just picks right back up with mm-hmm. that. Like, okay, no time to think. Let's go. Yeah. And it, it does like it does kind of back you up against the wall, doesn't it? Yeah. And it was it just meant a lot to mm-hmm. be doing it. It meant a lot for the place to be done. Cause people were more stoked on me and Chris building that place yeah. than they're stoked on any of the work that we're doing. It just was like <laughs> right. it did look like a blast and yeah. everyone, you know, I had friends helping out mm. and it was super, super fun, but 
it was just heavy. So as soon as I got in there, like I was injured. I had like weird uh, tendonitis from swinging mm-hmm. a hammer. Like I had been doing it forever. And, yeah. Like, I totally had not been doing it forever. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was doing all these things, just trying to like almost rehab my mind and my body and bring it all back. And I was trying to play piano more because like I had largely just sucked at piano forever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to do all these things. And they make like I was making myself more uncomfortable on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then my my dad again it's been a very daddish like year or whatever mm-hmm. but um he's always had a critique of like my cryptic lyrical stuff mm-hmm. which has been existent in almost everything i've done yeah and i really wanted to say something that like like fucking clearly made sense yeah like and i think i achieved a lot of that yes. because like there's like yeah. moments of what is he saying or oh this could be that or this yeah. but like it's substantially more clear to me yeah and then it's just one of those trippy byproducts of yeah. like your life sort of redefines it in that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. That yeah. that's one thing I definitely noticed listening through is there's a lot more just from the hip. Mm-hmm. That, you know? It's uh, personal. It's yeah. not like girls just want to have fun part two that's written for absolutely no reason. <laughs> you know, like I love <laughs> right. that song. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But it is a lot more from the hip. And I think like the cryptic nature, you know, this ethereal presence still stays there in the production and in the soundscapes. Mm-hmm. And in those little things that like we're almost intentionally not in time or like, you know, not perfect. Right. There's still that, like, there's still that presence of like, it doesn't have to be purpose. Perfect. It doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. But lyrically. Yeah. There's a lot more like direct, like, this is what I'm talking about. I was trying to love the dude that had made that in such a weird time because Mm -hmm. when that came back to mix it and like finish it, like I was a different person. I felt yeah. way better. I almost came back from all this like tough stuff and then it got all weird. So I mm-hmm. quite didn't quite make it. But um I wanted to just respect that dude. Mm-hmm. Like just clearly, whatever he had done. Yeah. I just tried to make it sound as cool as it could and yeah. like did some trickery on it and you know, whatever I could do to help him, but without really changing anything. Yeah. Because I hadn't listened to it in six weeks. I went through a bunch of scrap, mm-hmm. you know, trouble. Yeah. And I came back. I'm like, okay, it's still cool. Let's just like mix it real quick and let's get uh, out of here. Well, let's get it out and let's, yeah. And uh, I mean, now I just want to play some shows. I think that's what's missing mm-hmm. with all this. I think if I can put, you know, the face to what's going on here and put a band together and go play it, it will be a lot different than me, this random guy who doesn't really care about this, which I still don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to do this, but I'm not Yeah, doing a lot of the stuff that I should be doing. Like we mm-hmm. were speaking when we first yeah. started this mm-hmm. session, like... So that would be cool. I'm just yeah. going to focus on that probably mm-hmm. for the rest of the year and then go back to singles games. Yeah. And yeah. do more Sheryl Crow covers because I've been doing a lot of Sheryl Crow covers. Sheryl Crow covers, yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, on the show end, I know a guy who can help you with that. So, you know, for, you know, we're trying to book and yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that. Like, you know, shows and like, you know, taking this and translating it out there, like what your plan is for that. I don't know. It's tough because like none of it's overly challenging. Like Chris will be with me, my mm-hmm. dude Chris, who play the keys and like probably yeah. run the tracks and stuff. There's not a real drum on the whole album mm-hmm. or really any of the albums that I have or any of the songs that I have. Mm-hmm. So like to have a real drummer, that's like the fascinating Nashville way. Like I don't really need one, but it needs to be visually pleasing and yeah. balance that out. Mm-hmm. I need two singers and I don't want them to be my friends. Yeah. Because it's again not overly difficult but it's extremely specific and i don't want to tax any of my personal relationships right with my friends by mm-hmm. having to be 
you know, cracking the whip. Yeah, yeah. I just want a little more of that. Like I'm going to go on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Be like, I'm looking for a young woman and a young man to come mm-hmm. in and yeah, like crush it. And if you don't do it, you're fired. But it's okay. I still love you. Like, you know, <laughs> like in a totally positive way, but yeah. it keeps it all at arm's length. It's more business of that, relationship like, first. Yeah, yeah, and it's more of that, uh, you know, degree of separation that we were speaking about before. Like, I don't need to take on more than I want to take on. When it's just as simple as saying, "Here's your task. Here's your dollars." Mm-hmm. You know, please do this right. Call me if you need anything. Yeah. And we'll get together. And if it's right, it's right. It's all good. Yeah. R- absolute respect for whoever they may be. I don't know. I haven't even really looked into it, but yeah. I had a, again, before everything got all weird, I was talking to Chris, like, I'm going to do a show, just me and a DJ that opens the show and mm-hmm. closes the show. So it turns into a party. Uh-huh. And play like 13, 15 songs in a row, like a full thing. Yeah. And then I'm like, ah, oh, because I don't want to present the show in a way that I don't like. That's why I stopped doing this in the first place like six years ago. Right. Because it became like I was playing with a different group of guys every mm. time and it was yeah. just like this isn't what I meant to do. And right. Yeah, yeah. So if I want to do it, I want to control the way that I do it, mm. which you can't like, unless <laughs> yeah. you have like immense resources, which right. I can't put my resources into that right now. Or uh-huh. else I would have done a six week pitching and all the crap that goes along with it. Right. Yeah. But man, when I uploaded it that day, it felt like so good. It was done. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to make more shit. But like, I do love it. Yeah. And there's, <sighs> I knew I'd kind of run into this when we were speaking. Like it's tremendously reflective of where I've been and what's been going on. Mm-hmm. I just had no idea. I was so close to, you know, as much trouble as I seem to be navigating at yeah. this point. I was like, I mean, I made that post on Instagram and I'm like, I'm coming back. I'm feeling good. Like Rocky. And then it was uh-huh. like, Oh, like, no. yeah, but it hasn't stopped me from continuing. Like right. I could have totally called up the old plug mm-hmm. and like gone back to some other ways because that, yeah. but that's not why I was doing that in the first place. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like upset or running from anything or yeah. like having to, eh. I was trying to cope with time. Yeah. Time got very weird mm-hmm. and very long periods of time went very fast and very short periods of time went very, very long, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So there was a reason I was doing that. So my last inclination was to go back in that life. I would, that's bullshit. I have mm-hmm. shit to do, you know? Yeah. 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 But I don't know, man, it's just feels good to be doing it. And mm-hmm. I did a lot of work over quarantine that I love, but I'll never see because I was working for some companies that I don't work with anymore because mm-hmm. they were keeping my masters. It goes back into that like, yeah, yes, man, shit where I'm like, mm-hmm. we can't work together anymore. I don't care what you do with those, but I need to like be in control of my stuff again. I can't just do all these badass cover songs for, <laughs> right, you know, and have them float into the ether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've just taken control of the things that I can control and just started to do a bunch of writings. I mean, I'm going to release like an acoustic record after this. Really? And I want to do a hardcore record, mm-hmm. like just an EP, like yeah. full on, like refused, like screaming and the mm-hmm. whole thing, just because it's been forever since I've been that guy, since like high school. Yeah. So I think that'd be fun. Tap back into something that'll inform the direction forward. I don't, with all the pop, have you seen all the pop punk that's going around? Oh, right yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. I, I can't say that I'm 
extremely excited about it. It's a, one of those fascinating trend switches, which is cool. Yeah. But man, it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. So we can only assume that it's going to go back to heavy music and mm-hmm. someone's going to start screaming again. Limp Biscuit like, Revival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Limp Biscuit. Yes, on we're going to go. Well, it always comes back. <laughs> always comes back to Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit is coming back. Creed, all of them. Yep. Did I tell you about my Creed tribute band called Stap Infection that I keep threatening to start? Man. Oh, wait. No. Oh. I was like, I thought you were going to say something serious. <laughs> no. So I keep threatening people. Uh, threatening is the right word. That I'm going to start a Creed tribute band called Stap Infection. <laughs> where it's Creed songs, but also songs in the style of Creed. So like... Oh, fun. Take, for example, You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette, reimagined lyrically as a scathing um, rebuke of Mark Tremonti for leaving Creed and going to start Alter Bridge. Oh, nice. Yeah. Or... There's um, interior strife. It's like you're really in the band. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or say, The Boy is Mine by Brandy and Monica, but it's Scott Stapp and Miles Kennedy fighting over Mark Tremonti. Yes. And his vast guitar services i mean it's not a it's a completely feasible idea right but like people would go to see it because they're like this is going to be absolutely terrible and ridiculous and then they'd come away being like that was awesome i want to go do it again and yes. again, again you'd have to tap in two creeds fans because i think a lot of the creed fans like i think we all were at one <laughs> point or another mm-hmm. like yeah they're gonna find it more fascinating than you going out without trying to connect with them and just do a parody of it yeah like you're like this is coming from a place Mm -hmm. where we all loved this and Mm -hmm. how you know yeah that's a good idea like i oh i I got it grow the hair out Uh uh-huh uh-huh i I did have a stat main a few years ago um well that needs to come back you got to get going on it soon i gotta get going i mean i need a haircut maybe i'll just let it go but i tried man i tried i had my quarantine hair it was so long and like i was like this is stupid obviously it's just making me look (laughs) not cool to my significant other obviously yeah i i thought i was looking like scott stapp but instead i just kind of had the geico caveman thing going on sure you know and i'm like all right after about 11 and a half months like it's it's i almost went with the shaved head when i was really in a dark spot here a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago or something Mm -hmm. i almost went for it but i just couldn't do it yeah yeah like this is just okay just get up all right Mm -hmm. just get out yeah (laughs) don't don't make any crazy hair decisions now (laughs) i mean luckily like you know I haven't been through this kind of energy in a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been, you know, in this for almost a decade. Yeah. So I'm more mentally prepared to deal with it. So my grief structure has gone a lot faster than I might have been when I was in my 20s. Yeah. So I'm very thankful for that, Mm -hmm. that I'm able to, like, navigate the situation a lot easier. Yeah. But (laughs) with that, you know, elder perspective, it's Mm -hmm. like – even like this is even more bullshit than it was before like yeah, this is uh-huh. ridiculous like right yeah what am i supposed to do all right i'm gonna climb that mountain and i'm gonna set up a tent up there i'm not mm-hmm. coming down yep like, can't yeah. do it yeah all right everyone's inclination is a run from that kind of thing but it's like you said like it's almost like your road trips like mm-hmm. you weren't running from something per se mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways you were venturing away from the things that were giving you stimulus and you ran straight into more stimulus yeah i was giving you know, like, I, honestly i was giving everything a chance to catch up with me sure which i kind of knew yeah beforehand you know and i guess maybe this brings us full circle but like right um i kind of knew that beforehand where i there was a destination wedding that I know I've talked about on some episode of the show before. Go go find it. Go listen. Give me some listens um, on, on the old platforms. But um, where it just jarred me 
to the point where like I was really taking a look at my life and there was another person involved who in the bridal party who was, you know, with me, who was going through her own struggle. And it really just, it served as a mirror, you know, and it made me, I, I was happy with who I was that weekend. Then I got back to Pennsylvania and I'm like, so everything's different. Something's got to change. You yeah. Know? And that led to me. Moving Did you have Nashville. camaraderie with this person or you just yeah. saw the, Oh, I see. Yeah. They're a real connection. I felt. And I found out, you know, a lot of the things that she was, the demons she was facing down much heavier than mine. And, uh, you know, I think in, you know, terms of severity and how they were affecting her life. But mm -hmm. I realized like it all comes from trauma, you know, yeah. the things that, you know, the shit we all have all comes from trauma yeah. and how we deal with that manifests itself differently. And it's stacked too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not any one item. It's one item that starts it and then yeah. it all compiles on itself. And unless you face that the, shit, the rest like, becomes a symptom becomes... of, yeah, the rest uh, is just a symptom of the cause. Everything do you do after traditional that. counseling as well? Nah, I'm open to it. I'm trying, right. honestly, I'm trying to get my health insurance to cover it right now, which has been challenging. Yeah. Um, but that trip I had come back from and like everything was different. And I'm like, I got to change. I got to yeah. do And I ended up moving to Nashville. I thought that healed me. Mm -hmm. But there was a whole layer of healing that I hadn't done until very recently. But leading up to this desert trip now, to this road trip, I like the thought in my mind once in a while would just play like shades of 2018, shades of 20. Like I just kind of felt a very eerily similar like you're going to go on this trip and shit's going to be different when you get back. Yeah. I just felt it. I knew it before I left. But it wasn't a negative feeling. It was just ominous or something. It was or... ominous. It was very anxiety-inducing. Sure. Scary, for sure. Uh, because I didn't want to go through that emotional turmoil again. And like I said earlier in the episode, it's like I told myself I, if I had ever gotten through there, back to that point rather, and it felt that way again, like then I was going to have to seriously reprioritize everything I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And maybe it, was, maybe it would be time to just go back to the cubicle for good it's even like just refocusing like how you want to do it mm -hmm. it's not like you ever have to lose something right like i when i started doing all this crap 10 years ago or whatever i used to do all of it like videos yeah. and mm -hmm. ugh, all this crazy shit so i've like yeah. reduced it down to something that became more comfortable for mm -hmm. a time now i'm in that next stage of reducing down to uh -huh. like you know i'd like to help every person that says hey will you do mm -hmm. that? i'm like no nah, i can't yeah I can't. You gotta, you gotta, you can't pour from the Like, I gotta up. walk the dog. Like, yeah. at the very simplest stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a yard where your dog can go, it becomes extremely, like, challenging just to mm -hmm. get up and walk the dog because mm -hmm. the dog, like, again, like, you know, you fall into the wrong rut and you're like, everything is very difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I said the counseling thing because I just tried it for the first mm -hmm. time under reference from a couple people. Yeah. Um, since I was young, because I've come from a, my mom put me in it when we were young mm -hmm. and, just because they're divorced and all the kind of classic stuff that a lot of kids deal with, I think. Mm -hmm. But it was fascinating. It was yeah. cool. I don't mind it. It was just, I, I wonder, you know, if you haven't tried it, like, we'll have to ping another conversation yeah. off of it. But, like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't, um, I don't know. You should check it out. Yeah. And then I wouldn't mind trying what you're talking about, too, because yeah. just to go deep, mm -hmm. like, that's where I'm at now. Like, if I'm going to yeah. be in it, like, I'm going to plunge deep now. Yeah dig as much of it out as I can. Yeah. I don't mind if I fix it all right now. Mm -hmm. 
but I am going to like open it all up. Exactly. Because this is that moment. If it's already flowing and yeah. I'm already having to traverse all this crap, like you might as well just get it all out. Absolutely. And that's what I didn't do three years ago. Yes. That's and, what I don't think a lot of us do. Yeah. I and mean, it's totally natural mm-hmm. to be like, no way. <laughs> yeah. I, I Like I said, the, the universe rewarded me in the short term for making productive life choices. Mm-hmm. But it was always kind of like, but you're going to have to deal with this. I'm like, yes. I'm going to Vegas. It's fine. And that's its own reward, too, dealing with it, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, well, good. we could talk all night. I think we're almost out of studio time. But... Well, I love you, man. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, Very nice man. chat. Always, always welcome back. I mean, I feel like we could do like, you know, probably five episodes in a row and not run out of things to talk about. Yeah. Jammer on. Yeah. I like that we touched on uh, classic cartoons and the influence on our youth. Yeah. And I guess adulthood mm-hmm. rather than uh, wrestling this time. Yeah, yeah. Which is really nice. Oh, shit. Yeah, and, and of course Limp Bizkit came up again. Oh my god, that's that's like cool. I would go see them. You might be the only person that we could go see it together. Can, well, like, if they I, come to Nashville, we're going. I don't know if you've seen West Borland lately, but West Borland is a total G. Like he does movie scores and stuff mm-hmm. now. And oh yeah, he's just like a nasty musician. And you go back and watch that band. Mm-hmm. Like Fred was. Oh, we talked about this. Like Fred's a, <laughs> awesome. Like the. One mm-hmm. of the best front men. Maybe Fred is exactly what like Fred needs to be. It's bizarre though. Yeah. Like you can't knock what he was. Yeah. Like he is not Jonathan Davis, for instance. Jonathan right. Davis is a weirdo in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Or the whole band was just substantially weirder. Yeah. What do we, I was just drinking with a couple buddies the other night and we put on Nookie and then we went into this huge catalog dive and uh-huh. we're like, this band was fucking awesome. Yeah. And everybody loves them. Touring or not, or what? They are actually. They're playing somewhere in Virginia next month. But I think it's when I'm gonna actually be up north. (laughs) But if they ever come to Nashville, like I would go. I like. We we have to make a pact right here. On I the don't show. know if they'll come here. They might go to Atlanta. There's yeah. a, that Nashville has that stigma where bands that like could catch heat for not being cool or something mm. they just don't even come here. Well, if they come within a five hour radiance, we have to make a p- radius. We have to make a pact right here on the show. Whoever finds out first lets the other know, and we're road tripping. To it, it is an absolute deal. We're doing it. Yes, we're going to see Limp Bizkit. <laughs> yeah, it's been and too everyone long. else. If you don't go, then no, <laughs> <laughs> then you're just a loser. No, I um. I saw them once in 2003, Summer Sanitarium at Giant Stadium. I saw that at uh, Georgia Dome. Yeah. And uh, my sister and I had GA on the floor. uh, 100 degrees that day in the middle of July. Wow. And right before rolling, Fred Durst pointed, I threw up the horns, you know, and Fred Durst pointed at me. He's like, you know what time it is, partner? Yes. My my 16-year-old life was made that day. I, uh... The weirdest thing happened on that tour on my stop where we were up in the nosebleeds. My dad, it was like the first concert we had mm-hmm. gone to or something. It's yeah. like a family. Yeah. And uh, James Hetfield, because Metallica was on that tour. Yeah. So James Hetfield had hurt his back mm-hmm. and he was out. And so all the bands played Kid Rock and whoever else was on the mm-hmm. tour all played. And then it was like two hours of nothing. And then uh, whatever, one of the corn guitar players comes out or wait jason came out from mm-hmm. metallica he goes just give us a minute we're gonna we're figuring something out james hurt his back blah blah, blah. we wait like another hour and a half mm-hmm. everyone's just chilling in there then metallica comes out and all the guitar players from the other bands are playing the his parts and jason sings the whole set wow it was nasty wow because i have been like a metallica fan forever yeah you know yeah but to see all of these other guys using their like seven strings yeah. and like playing all the classic uh-huh. riffs like yeah and they tried to bring up a couple people to sing some metallica songs but they just kicked him out they were too drunk yeah but jason man jason was the g yeah 
So, all right, well, let's go see Metallica too. Well, yeah, the, definitely. Eight hundred dollar tickets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Especially if you're trying to get GA again. Uh, back in the day, it was only like a hundred or so at that tour, but clutch. now forget it. But so, uh, before we wrap up, just want to give you a chance to tell people where they can learn more about you. And of course, check out the music. Um, it's pretty much just Richard string on Instagram. I have a website called the Richard string foundation, which I hope turns into a real foundation one day where I can like give back to all the things that I like. But right now it's just a silly website and it takes you right back to my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, stop by the new studio. It's built with love and we make loving things in it. Anyone's welcome there. Um, that's it, man. Thanks so much for having me again. Thanks for coming on. We'll do this again. Cool. This is the Quinn Spin, two ends in Quinn, two ends in Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and more. Also find us on the socials at Quinn Spin Official on Instagram. Also find the Quinn Spin on Facebook and Twitter. Find it at undergroundmusiccollective.com, our central hub. You can also find UMC on all of the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, as well as the UMC 20 playlist on Spotify. Check out our live from the 615 shows. Maybe Richard String making an appearance at some point. Sounds good. We'll have to figure that out. But time featuring Timothy Miles is our closing theme song. And I'm going to play it for you right now.